Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that William Morrison invented the first electric car and it was unveiled around 1890 in the USA? Our guest today is passionate about innovation and inclusive community-centric impact-driven solutions that address some of the world's greatest sustainability challenges. He's the founder of Evera, where he and his team are working hard to accelerate the transitions away from fossil fuels and towards renewable energy and bridging the sustainability gap between the private sector, government and community through innovative engineering activities. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Kyle Weber. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're most welcome. So Kyle, how did your sustainable journey start? So it was actually quite backwards. Uh, I started in the oil and gas sector <laughs> and I realized how sort of rough and difficult it was to our environment to be continuing on with uh, oil and gas the way we have been going. So I'd, I thought we have to do something different. I didn't know what. And I spent a long time trying to figure it out, but now I'm pretty certain that there is a solution to this problem. And the interesting thing is that it's not technologically based. It's something that's more social. We have all the technology available to us to be sustainable. We just need to get everyone on board. So Carl, you've started a company here in the UAE that is focused around sustainability, as you'd like to refer to it. Can you tell us a little bit more about Ivera? Yeah, so uh, Ivera really started with an idea that sustainability and mobility don't need to be two separate things, that we can actually transition ourselves as a community, as a world, towards more shared transportation that actually is sustainable in itself. I mean, I got involved in the auto industry very long ago because I was interested in cars, but when I started shifting over to sustainability, I felt like I couldn't be interested in cars and sustainability at the same time. So this uh, entity, which is now Ivera, came out of this kind of frustration that I had about how, how do we do this? How does someone who love cars or as a society who actually do loves a society that loves personal ownership and luxury items, how do we move towards something that's you know, more community centric? Uh, so that, that was how things started. And it was, it was really just me with a bunch of ideas and no money in my pocket. <laughs> and I went around and I talked to a lot of people and I found that there was, this actually resonated with a lot of others. So it wasn't just, I mean, I don't take credit for everything. I just had an idea and I was going crazy if I couldn't do it. So that was where it started. So when we talk about sustainable mobility, mm -hmm. like kind of what does that mean? Okay. So uh, right now, as you know, human beings who own cars, who use transportation, a lot of what we do is very harmful to the environment because we're hauling around, I like to say we're hauling around thousands of pounds of metal every time that we drive our cars and we're using fossil fuels that have been, I mean, 
Honestly, it's not the fossil fuels that run out, it's the pollution that we're causing, which is creating so many problems for us that we're essentially cooking ourselves off this planet. So in order to address that, especially the pollution part of it, we need to get creative with our solutions. And what I find very fascinating is that the younger generation who is now coming up in age, who can actually get a driver's license and drive if they wanted to, a lot of them are choosing not to because of various reasons. One being this, what we've been talking about, basically the fact that having a personal vehicle is very wasteful. Uh, the second thing is that they don't want to drive. Actually, they want to just call up a, a service on their app on their phone and be taken to where they need to go and during that time they can be productive and <laughs> maybe yeah, i don't know <laughs> yeah you don't yeah. need to actually focus on transportation as being such a huge factor whereas in the past our generation our parents generation the generation before that you know when when horses were still around <laughs> transportation was such a huge issue that yeah. i mean logistics, everything. But now that issue is largely solved. Just how do we get it into something that is not killing us, you know, as a human race? Yeah. So that's the challenge. And I think especially with the youth of today, you know, we are so aware of our time and it's precious. Yeah. So if you need to get from point A to point B, you don't really care how you get there, but just that you do get there. Right. And whether that is car sharing or whether it's with an electric car, a um, petrol car, any car, you don't really care. You just want to get there. Exactly. And now, you know, you want to update your Instagram. You want to, you know, work on a presentation, answer emails. So for me, I'm always in this dilemma that, you know, driving, I feel sometimes it's a waste of time totally. because I could be do so, doing something more productive. So yeah, on that topic, I mean, if you look at some of the self-driving cars that's coming, mm -hmm. like that's something that I would be so keen on having because you go, you type in where you want to go and it goes. And my time is my time. Right. And what you said is absolutely right. I mean, when we actually uh, pull ourselves out of this idea that we need to own our own vehicle. Now, when you're talking about a f uh, essentially a fleet which is fleet management, right? So now it becomes a very economic decision to actually be more sustainable because if you have a fleet of autonomous vehicles, let's say just, you know, lurking around ready for whoever wants to take a ride, you can easily cycle those out of uh, service temporarily to charge them up. And this is the best thing in the world because a lot of people complain that the limitations of electric vehicles are that, oh, what happens if my battery runs out? What am I going to do? Well, th now that solution is is solved. And the nice thing about an electric vehicle, uh, there, there's a lot of great little features, but one of the nice features, one of the nice things is that uh, an electric vehicle, it, it doesn't need much maintenance. So there's there's no oil changes. There's very few brakes that need to be changed. You know, a lot of it is just regenerated from the motor. There's very few moving parts. There's only one moving part. So an electric vehicle as theoretically is a, is a very nice sort of application to use for fleets. And that's one of the things that we're trying to advise as well for governments, for private sector. How do you integrate more EVs into your fleet? And how do you make it uh, economically viable as long as as well as environmentally friendly? Kyle, if we look at like electric cars yeah. and we look at like gasoline cars mm -hmm. or petrol cars mm -hmm. or diesel cars yep. or any car that's not electric, yeah. um, 
kind of what is the main differences like you know i have no clue what the difference is which a lot of our crazy birds might just like no you know you switch the car on you put petrol in the car or you charge it and other than that you know we don't know that much so what is the difference okay so one of the differences is that it's silent so an electric car Uh, when it's running you won't hear anything and actually they add some noise to be able to not hit pedestrians because a silent vehicle is potentially very dangerous but at low speed you'll hear a small noise and that's only that's an artificial noise that's built in just for safety reasons so one is silence two is uh, there's very little vibration so with a normal engine when you start it up you hear you know and like (laughs) you feel the shake but uh but with electric there's none of that so you don't need so it's quiet it's vibration free it's like you're in a little pod all by yourself <laughs> and the only thing you hear is a little bit of maybe the the tires on the ground um, perhaps but what i really like about it and one of the things that i think any person who drives an electric car for a little while sees is that you can um you can listen to the radio at a very much lower volume level because you don't need to drown out everything else. So, so these are interesting, but then from a purely operational standpoint, you don't stop at petrol stations because you don't have to. Uh, so, so you're not, you're probably saving money in that regard. Uh, most people charge at homes. You don't even think I, when I was driving my electric car, I didn't even think about, you know, the range actually, because most people don't drive very far during the day. You just kind of commute to work and back or to the grocery store. But yeah, if you plug it home, then it's something you never even think about. It's weird. And then the other crazy thing is if you uh, pull your foot off the gas, well, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, but gas, <laughs> uh, then, you know, um, the car starts to decelerate and that's built in. That's part of the, the purpose of it is because it can actually feed energy back into the battery. So an electric vehicle will actually go a lot further if you're in the city. If you're driving in the city and you're slowing down and you're speeding up and whatever, then it will if you go for a long distance trip like the one we've been on because you're using less energy total, you know, because you're regenerating some of it back. So these are the kind of like simple things, I guess. But uh, I, I see electric vehicles as being a platform for a lot of different changes that can come into the automotive industry, which is great. And that's what we need. We need to shake things up because essentially for 100 years now, things have not changed <laughs> and exactly. and it's time. Yeah. And I mean, if we look back at the first electric vehicle, which was, you know, in the 1800s, yeah. 1890, and then it kind of stopped because Mm -hmm. you know you had the gas industry that was not making money out of the electric one and obviously the uh, gas cars the gasoline cars they were a lot cheaper to produce than Mm -hmm. the electric ones and then it kind of disappeared and now we are seeing obviously (laughs) the return of it and um, I think a lot of people don't realize you know that it it's actually something that was there and now it's coming back but when people think of electric cars a lot of us automatically think tesla you know so elon musk and his team has done a fantastic job to make people like kind of aware of these electric cars Mm -hmm. and that they super cool they're really fancy they can give you a lot of mileage but then you know tesla obviously come with this really really hefty (laughs) price tag like I would love to drive one and mm-hmm. have one. I have driven one, but to actually have one. But yeah, it's 
it's I just feel it's it's really expensive and I feel a lot of people are not aware that there's more electric vehicles available. Right. You know, you don't have to buy a Tesla to be, have an electric one. Exactly. Um, so what other EVs are currently on the market that people can look out for? So just quickly on the topic of Tesla, I will say that Tesla purposely brought out vehicles that were very expensive at first because they wanted car electric cars to be cool, to be something that the, you know, a lot of times when you target the up, top 1%, uh, a lot of that technology will eventually trickle down and become cheaper, become you, you have economies of scale. So, so I think what Tesla did was very smart and it was great and it really kick-started this whole industry. But now, yeah, I mean, the, the average person cannot afford a Tesla. I can't afford a Tesla. And, and so, yeah, there, now there are a lot, of, a lot of the traditional car makers who for the longest time couldn't justify making a profit out of electric vehicles because, because uh, the margins are just so tight. Now they're actually realizing that this is what people want and that, so they're switching over. So now in the UAE right now, you can buy a Renault Zoe, you can buy a BMW i3. Um, these are all kind of expensive cars. There are, uh, there's the Chevy Bolt as well. Soon there'll be five or six more. Like, so you'll have the Jaguar I-Pace, the Porsche Taycan, a few others are coming soon, uh, the, the Audi e-tron. But right now you have only a few options and they're pretty expensive. In a way, this is interesting for me because I feel like electric vehicles being more sustainable, potentially, which we can get into more later, um, or, uh, but, but being at a high price tag, this actually makes it very interesting to have a sharing type of economy, which is exactly what we need. We need to transition to something like that. It's not about personal vehicles. If we have our personal vehicles, we're not really helping the environment. Mm, that's <laughs> it's true. only if we start getting cars off the road and everyone starts using some kind of mass transportation system, getting the governments on board, getting the private sector on board, you know, everyone on board, basically. That's the only way that we can really, you know, make a, a real dent in this problem that we have of, uh, of just too much stuff. Yeah, and I think especially with the cars as well, if you think, you know, you drive from home to work, you know, some people might have a few meetings in between, but the majority of us just drive basically from your home to your work, right. from your work to your home. And that's kind of what your day is. Maybe there's a few trips in between, but not really a lot. Yeah. And so the majority of the time, your car is sitting in a parking. Mm -hmm. And then in some cases, you have to pay for that parking. Right. You need to pay for your insurance. You need to pay for your monthly installment if you have one. Exactly. Um, you know, all of those things adds up versus if you kind of just paid for what you use, mm -hmm. it would be great. Yeah. Um, so recently they have uh, like started with U Drive, and I find that's amazing. But then a lot of the times they're not available when you need exactly. them. Exactly. So how do we kind of like overcome that? Because right. I know you guys are working really hard on different initiatives. Like yeah. what what is out there? Right. So the way that we've kind of approached this is, all right, you drive e-car is great. I, I really love what they're doing. I think, uh, and Kareem, Uber, I want to try to support them as much as possible. What they've said to me so far is that electric vehicles right now make no financial sense for us. Why should we adopt them? 
So what we've been proposing is some you know, specific use cases where electric vehicles actually do make more sense. For example, a Tesla Model X or Model S, of which Karim and Uber both use, could be that the technology has been inbuilt to those cars to be able to battery swap, which means that if you pull into a station, uh, essentially little motors will come up out of the ground, pull the battery out and put in a new one that's fully charged. Now this saves a lot of time and, and effort because those drivers right now are used to charging for six to eight hours of the day. Mm. But if you're able to do a battery swap in 15 minutes, now you've made it a lot more attractive to have an electric vehicle, which can be out there for all extra time making money. And when you factor in the lower maintenance cost, the fact that you can now power those batteries that you pull out by renewable energy during the day when the solar is available, now you've got a really nice value proposition. So this is kind of integrated solutions like this are what we've been approaching them with, trying to get them to come on board and uh, join us because again uh, the future is shared it's electric it's sustainable but we have to get from point a to point b which is what you mentioned and and yeah right now there's not enough push there's not enough economic reason from their side to do something like this until you make all the pieces fit together just like going back to the tesla mm -hmm. and all of these like personal vehicles what would be some of the main things that you can advise our crazy birds if they are interested in purchasing an uh, ev yeah. what are some of the things they need to look out for right so um if you're budget-minded which I think most of us are, uh, I will say this, that a used electric vehicle is a great deal right now because a lot of people don't know what's going to happen with the batteries after a certain amount of time. So they're very scared. And as a result, prices of used EVs are extremely cheap. Uh, you can buy a, a 500e, Fiat 500e, which is a really cool car, very quick, for around 8,000 US dollars. And you can get it shipped to UAE and it can cost you essentially 10,000 all-inclusive, right? So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, and, and you've got an electric car that's really good and will go essentially do your daily commute every single day. So um, there's a few of them buzzing around here in UAE. But, uh, but, but so that, that's something that I think is very interesting. Another thing that I will mention is that when you're looking into new EVs, also consider the fact that uh, battery costs are currently coming down. So whatever cost you're paying right now, if you're worried about replacing that battery in the future, those costs will be cheaper in the future. So you won't have to pay 10,000 US dollars for a new battery. Um, this is not what's, you know, the future is more, is more reasonable. Again, economies of scale. The other thing I would mention is that a new or used EV, whichever one, uh, so it, it's got very few moving parts. And as such, the maintenance is really low. You just have to think about, look for a car that, you think has some potential. I mean, Tesla is putting a lot of effort into supporting their cars, but the unfortunate truth is that getting a, a part, one, let's say you get a fender in a fender bender with your mm -hmm. Tesla, uh, you might wait for six to eight months for a replacement bumper because they have a backlog parts right now that have not been delivered. So uh, one of the bigger car makers will obviously try to think of this in advance and have more parts available. But you know, when it comes to the rest of the car, it's pretty simple. To be honest, this isn't rocket science. <laughs> Electric vehicles are like, I don't know, your phone or <laughs> yeah. not much different. Yeah. So now we've bought the car or we're thinking of buying the car. Yeah. How easy is it to actually get a charging station, like whether it is in your apartment 
building or if you stay in a villa, how easy is it to get your car plugged in? Okay, so right now in Dubai, um, and we've been actually doing the mapping of all the charging stations in the UAE, of which there are about 550, of which in Dubai, there are 350 charging stations that are publicly available. Nobody knows these numbers, but that's actually the truth. Of those, I would say it's very simple to go out to, uh, so I was driving an electric car for three or four months and I didn't have a charging station at my apartment. I had to go to the mall to charge my car. And it was actually okay. Like surprisingly enough, it wasn't something that was so difficult for me because I would go to the mall, I would do my shopping, I would probably poke around a little bit and whatever, waste some time perhaps, or, or get a coffee and sit down and do some work. And then I'd come back and the car would be charged. And you know, I, I didn't have to do that every day. I would say every other day or whatever, but because I'm, you know, sort of, uh, I work remotely. I sort of sit wherever I need to, as long as I have internet, I'm fine. This was easy for me, but a lot of apartment buildings, what you're saying is, is correct, don't have right now a, a system in place to be able to, uh, a lot of them tell me, why should I install a charging station? What is this giving back to me? You know, like, exactly. and, and so we've been trying to actually work with a couple entities to develop a system that can be put into uh, apartment buildings. And basically, uh, whoever uses the charger can be charged based on the amount of time their car is sitting there. So it'll, it'll end up being less than you're paying for petrol right now, but at least that way, um, you have a, a bit of recovery of the cost that's required to put in that infrastructure. Mm. With that being said, it actually isn't that expensive to install an electric charging station. A lot of cars that you buy will come with a charger and then you just have to negotiate with your building management or whatever. Can I install this at my spot? You know, and if I can, like uh, how much do I owe you per month essentially yeah. in electricity? But I mean, the truth is every time I filled up I charged that Renault Zoe, it would only cost me seven dirhams in electricity versus I think I'm paying about, you know, uh, when I drive the other car, the petrol car, which is really tiny, it's a Chevy Spark. I think every time I fill up, which is probably once every two weeks, it's like 80 dirhams, right? So seven dirhams versus 80, <laughs> or maybe it's once a week, actually. Yeah, I think, anyway, the cost is about a third of what I was paying before wow. in kilometer per kilometer. Yeah, That's amazing. So there is obviously the cost saving on that, but yeah, you obviously mm -hmm. need to, you know, check how you can get that charging station. And I mean, currently in the UAE, the charging, you know, is currently free. So if you go to any any of the public places and there's a lot at the malls i mean yeah. there's some of the malls that's got like five states charging stations on each level mm -hmm. and then you've got others where there's only like one or two but yeah it's it's really you know i can i can see how it's developing and it's absolutely amazing i don't drive an electric vehicle at mm -hmm. the moment but the car that i'm currently driving i did kind of say you know what that's the last car i think i'll ever buy because i strongly believe in things things that what you said that you know we're gonna have car sharing options exactly. um, if I do want to buy an electric car it would probably be something like a Tesla that I know that when autonomous vehicles <laughs> is put into place I can just go they flick the switch and that car can drive itself mm -hmm. which I absolutely love but yeah obviously you know that comes with a, a really steep price tag right and the car can dance on its own as well <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's cool enough to actually buy it but yeah so it's really really cool to see how this is actually developing yeah. so you guys are also trying to make people more aware about electric vehicles yeah. 
and you do all of these different trips mm -hmm. every month and um, I'm really excited as I'm one of your ambassadors as well. Yeah. Yep. What can we kind of expect from you guys in the future? What are sure. we going to see more of? What are we going to see less of? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, absolutely. It's amazing to have you as one of our ambassadors. We're so happy. But um, uh, I would say that uh, in the future, yeah. So we spend a lot of our time, I would say of this last year and four months that we've been in, in business, uh, I would say we spent probably 90% of our time on community engagement efforts. And the reason was because when we talked to people, the car makers, public, we just found that you know, there, there was so there was such a big gap between what people would tell us they knew and the other information that was out there or what car makers, you know, you have OEMs, uh, we call them OEMs, but the, the car makers are, are frustrated because they don't know how to sell these cars to people here in the UAE. And the truth is a lot of people in the UAE don't even want these cars because they don't see the value. And I understand that it, approach we took was basically we need to start talking to people. We need to get out there. I kept getting the same questions over and over again, right? So how much does the car cost? How far does it go? What happens if I run out of battery? And I got so sick of answering these questions that I thought, all right, let's just all get in a bunch of cars. Let's go for a ride and let's see what happens if we run out of battery. Is it is range anxiety really, you know, is it a perceived issue? Is it something that's real? Is it something that, um, you know, depends on you and how you're driving? Uh, is, is there ways that you could extend that range uh, just by driving slower or turning the AC off? Truth is, yes, you can. And, uh, <laughs> and it was really funny because so we've done four of these expeditions. The last expedition, we brought um, a few plug-in hybrid vehicles, two of them actually. And one of the plug-in hybrid vehicles, we ran out of petrol. I've been so used to driving electric vehicles now that I know when it looks like it's empty, it's actually got quite a bit left. It's just you have to adjust your, uh, your habits, right? But with a petrol vehicle, it's not really like that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just... But it's empty. It's yeah, it's exactly. Empty. So, yeah. so we ran out of petrol. Wow. And that was insane. I had never experienced anything like that. But uh, but it was a good reminder of, of where we are and where we're going and how things need to change. And, you know, this was a learning experience for me as much as anyone. Uh, in the next year, so our plan right now is to do one expedition per month. So that expedition means we bring sponsors, people that are doing really great stuff when it comes to community, when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to building this sort of environment around caring and trust. And uh, so we have sponsors that are really, we really love. We bring members of the community who can either benefit from this in some way, are interested, maybe they're people who are influencers or can uh, you know, affect their communities as well. Um, and we want them to be educated so they can be sort of like you, ambassadors of, of this movement, essentially. We also do meetup events. So this weekend, actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It just sort of happened randomly. But uh, this weekend, we're, we're going to a, a graveyard of, uh, of Fiskers. So I don't know if you've heard of the Fisker Karma, but it's a very strange vehicle. There were apparently like 100 of them here at one point which is really rare because they only made a few hundred. Um, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, and all of them that have sort of died along the way and been scrapped for parts, they're all at this like graveyard in Sharjah. <laughs> and so we were planning a field trip to go out there and see these broken, essentially electric vehicles because they were all equipped with a battery and, and they had a, a, an engine, but it was only a range extender. So, uh, so when you ran out of battery, that thing would kick on. 
and you would then get a little bit more out of it. But again, same issue that Tesla had, just worse. Parts availability was so bad. So people just started scrapping these things. And so we're going to go find the junkyard. Wow. <laughs> dig that's through. amazing. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of random and awesome things that I could have never imagined on my own. But, you know, when you get a community and you build a community and people get empowered to actually like suggest cool ideas yeah. and get everyone interested, then things can really happen. And that's what I'm excited about. That's what keeps me going every day. What has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? I think perhaps everyone who takes sustainability seriously, you get to a point where you realize that there are certain things that you're willing to sacrifice, whether it's job, money, whether it's family time, you know, your lifestyle that you've become used to, even the person that you are, perhaps like these all these things all evolve and you kind of you give certain things up because you're willing to because you think, OK, I would rather be someone who's on this earth trying to contribute, trying to make things better, you know, not um, sort of too focused, I think, on myself. And this is the way that I think human evolution needs to go is we all need to stop thinking so much about ourselves and worrying about ourselves and kind of think more about the larger picture, the larger community. And and that's been an interesting kind of realization for me. Yeah, I, I could have had a job that paid me really well and I could have, you know, made things a lot easier for myself and for others that, you know, uh, my family, but I chose that this was the path that I had to go on and, you know, now I'm sort of, I'm on it, you know, I've committed. So <laughs> this is, uh, I guess, my contribution to the planet in a way. So I, I just want to say that I, I think the power of community is so important. I think that we in Dubai, it's very easy to kind of think that you're an island, you know, and that you're not part of anything because this isn't your country and maybe you don't feel like you belong here. But the truth is, is that this is a community of full of caring people. We just need to get out there, make those connections, you know, work together. We can do awesome things. And that was really where Ivera came from. I mean, electric vehicles are just technology. There's nothing really that special about them. But if we're able to sort of create a movement around this and and if it can be used as a platform to push sustainability and really make changes then i'm all for it and i think this is yeah that's what i'm excited about i yeah. guess i feel it sometimes just takes one thing mm. so if you are you know a car enthusiast <laughs> and you start getting into all of this electric vehicles and you kind of realize why are we doing all of this electric vehicles and you know it kind of touches on another sustainable element and then you know it touches on another one mm -hmm. and before you know it you are making all of these changes not because someone's forcing you but because you feel you know it's kind of it's the right thing to do right. and that is going to be more sustainable for you uh, more sustainable for the environment so it kind of leads to all of these changes but the one of the key elements like you said is the community because if the if you don't have a community that supports it like if you're the only person <laughs> that does that it's hard very hard <laughs> when we start building this community and we're supporting each other we can also drive this thing a lot faster and a lot further than just doing it on our own totally agree so yeah thank you so much for all the work that you are doing for Ivera. <laughs> really it makes a difference um i can't wait for one of the next trips that mm -hmm. we're going on so guys do check out all the trips that's coming and we are now going to move into our 
final five questions. So the first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? I follow a few, but I would say one that I follow is uh, Mazdar, the Sustainable City, Dubai Carbon. These are a few entities that are in the UAE that are trying to make a difference. Obviously, it's hard. It's an uphill battle. WWF, EWS, uh, World Wildlife, I think they're also very committed to sustainability. Yeah, and, and, and trying to sort of put these pieces together. This is, uh, this is the key that we're working on. So looking at these sustainability initiatives as a whole and trying to figure out how can they collaborate together to make something awesome happen. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? I really hope that people can recognize that I think we've kind of come full circle. So with electric vehicles as one, but also with kind of the community as another. So we used to have, you know, way back 100 years ago, we had small communities that were very tight and inclusive and were built on trust, right? And, and everyone needed each other. Everyone relied on each other. My hope going forward for the earth, for, for the world, is that we're basically, we form tight communities again. And that those kind of nodes or pods can really make impact um, and changes that then you know, excite other people and get them motivated. So I hope that we can start reducing our waste, uh, that we can actually win this battle on climate change. Um, I think it can be won. It's just it requires a lot of a lot of dedicated people and a lot of understanding and trust and yeah, community. What advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? I think one of the interesting things that I uh, kind of have realized and I mentioned briefly, but is that there's so much that can be done when you put yourself out there, when you kind of lend that trust to someone else, right? So a lot of times uh, being the first one to start something, it, it makes you feel a little bit vulnerable, but at the same time, really good things can come out of it. So I would kind of encourage any of the listeners to just for this week, maybe try to just sort of lend that trust a few times or once at least to someone random that you may have not trusted before, but give them that one opportunity to sort of impress you, right? And don't have any expectations, but if, if something happens, then that's great. What is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with okay. people not yet on a sustainable <laughs> journey? So this one sounds corny, I guess, a little bit, but it also is, is fascinating. So if, if you uh, recycle one aluminum can, the amount of energy that you've saved just by recycling that aluminum can is equivalent to you watching TV for four hours. Uh, so <laughs> having your TV on for four hours is the same as recycling. When it comes to recycling, which is something we didn't really talk much about, but you know, aluminum makes so much sense. So please recycle your aluminum cans. Yeah, and I feel especially, <laughs> you know, just thinking about that, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of aluminum that, you know, we don't recycle, mm -hmm. like foil that you put over your, your baking tray or right. something. That is so valuable. <laughs> Do not throw it in the bin. It's ending up in a landfill. You know, you can make them in little balls and um, recycle them because obviously if they're in a little ball, they're a, little he um, a bit heavier. Mm -hmm. So it's just recycled better. And... Another thing is those Hershey kisses. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, like a lot of people don't think about it, but they can also be recycled. True. And yeah, so all of these little things like, 
you know that can be recycled to actually recycle it and well first of all don't use it if you don't need right. it but um yeah if you've got a can recycle it i mean a lot of people go on about plastic you know recycle these plastic bottles recycle this plastic but aluminium it's so valuable, so valuable. i can't even remember the exact statistic in the u.s of how many million dollars of aluminium is actually ending up in the landfill every single day so yeah so guys please do recycle that mm-hmm. and kyle where can people find you i'm on instagram i'm on linkedin uh ivera uae is our instagram uh handle and um ivera is for linkedin so yep And I do believe a lot of people can find you at um, some of the Rove hotels Ah, on a Sunday (laughs) when they have their um, their campaign that they're doing where you can bring in your plastic bottle and every single plastic bottle is worth one dirham, which is an awesome deal. So awesome. But it's only on Sundays and you guys have brought in a lot of bottles. (laughs) Yeah, we rescued them from... uh, from being thrown away. So they were not bottles that were going to be recycled. Uh, they were ones that we we rescued. So, yep. Yeah. More than, uh, I would say, 800 per week around. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a lot. And you, like I saw you guys at some of the exhibitions as well. They're very sneaky, these guys from Ivera. <laughs> they put signs on their vehicles and say um, that they like recycle the bottles in there so then they get at least their 250 dirhams <laughs> each week at row. Exactly. <laughs> we have to feed the troops. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Kyle, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love the work you guys are doing and just keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for everything, Mariska. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus Top Tip Thursday every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.